right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Brown Table. I'm your host, Mad Mike, and this week, as my special guest, we have the one and the only, Chris Keith. Mike, how are you, buddy? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, um, getting a little stir crazy and all right now, but other than that, man, I'm great. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's the crazy world we live in, but... I'll tell you what, man, uh, I really do appreciate you coming on the show this week, and um, uh, what I'd like to do real quick is just give a couple of updates, and then um, we're going to dive right into this, uh, and I hope you're ready, because the ref's roundtable has broken many men. Mm, mm, all right, I think I'm ready. Can't be any worse than your golf game. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I'm really regretting this already. Um, so, uh, a couple of updates. Everybody, uh, thank you to everybody that listens to the show. Uh, really appreciate everybody's support. We're part of the Wrestling with the Future family of podcasts. And uh, the last numbers that I heard were that over 600,000 downloads of our podcasts have been shared across the world. So, this is great. And, uh, you know, our our podcast is a small part of that but one that uh we really do appreciate everybody listening to so uh keep your emails and comments coming in and let us know what you like what you don't like and well actually forget about what you don't like and uh just tell us what you want to see more of okay um we're not going anywhere uh, i know that our schedule has been a little bit off, but we are going to have one episode a week, and the the dates of the release of the podcast, at least right now, are kind of fluctuating. So just bear with us for the time being. Um, we are obviously recording this episode, which is for the week of wrestling ending on the March 28th, and then we are going to record an episode on uh thursday which will be april 2nd and that's a very special episode as the road to refamania continues we're going to do our uh pick em show uh it's gonna be a lot of fun we'll talk more about that in a little bit but uh for those of you that were listening to uh the most recent podcast you know that levi mcdaniel has been a part of the podcast and he still will be but he just couldn't be here today so um, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and forge on without him today, but, uh, he has some really big news that he's going to be really excited to share with everybody next week. So get ready. Okay. So, um, you know, that being said, I'm Mike Kelleher. For those of you who are new to the podcast, I'm just a fan of wrestling. I've been a lifelong fan. I'm, I'm not a wrestler. I am not somebody who reads spoilers or, uh, dirt sheets or any of that stuff. I just go along for the ride, but that doesn't mean I can't have some fun on, on the way. So um, that's me, Chris Keith over here, my buddy Chris Keith. He is uh, somebody we're going to dive into in great detail. Uh, Chris is the, the owner of UEW Wrestling, Ultimate Elite Wrestling. That's a promotion in uh, the greater Richmond or Mechanicsville area. United and, Elite Wrestling. I'm sorry? United Elite Wrestling. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? You said, uh, I'm not sure what you said. I think Ultimate, maybe? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Let, let, me, let me correct myself. Actually, after you corrected me. 
You, Chris is the owner of United Elite Wrestling. There we go. EW. Excuse me. So um, it's a promotion based out of the Greater Richmond Mechanicsville area, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about the promotion tonight. But uh, a lot of good stuff going on down there, and uh, I know some of you will really dig this. So, um, Chris, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. It's my pleasure. Now, for those of you that don't know. Okay. Uh, Chris and I have actually known each other for a long, long time. I thought about this the other day, Chris. I don't know if you realize this, but we're pushing 20 years almost. I did the exact same thing, and I was like, oh, my God, really? It's been that long? Yeah. <laughs> so just to kind of, uh, you know, give you, give you the listeners a little bit of history between us, um, Chris and I were both in the golf industry, okay? Okay. Uh, assistant professionals and uh working at different courses in the richmond area and then uh chris you know he gave me some slack at the, the beginning of the show but no doubt chris was by and large a much better golfer than i ever will be so um we had a lot of we had a lot of connections and and would run into each other and then he he uh was involved with a um a retail shop over over in midlothian and um, I used to pop in there after work or on my lunch break and go hang out with them and uh, had a lot of fun. So, Chris, that was kind of like the last time I saw you was probably about like, I don't know, 2000. I mean, maybe not the last time I saw you, but the last time I saw you in the golf setting was probably what, about like 2010? I, I left it completely in 2013. Okay. Oh, that's I left right. completely in 2013. You left the retail gig and went down to uh, Pianca Tank? Yeah, yeah. I went down there and was the head professional there for a couple of years. And then, uh, you know, I was driving an hour and a half back and forth. Uh, and, uh, yeah. As you know, when you open a golf course, you got to open that thing real early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, so, one thing, it's one thing to be getting those carts out when you have a 20-minute drive. It's another thing to be getting those carts out with an hour and a half. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, unloading, you know, getting on the road at four in the morning. Woo! Was not fun. Mm -mm. Yeah. And, you know, if you had an event the day before, like maybe a member guest, you might have been there till seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. I would usually just stay down there. There were plenty of hotels. I would usually just stay down there for that stuff. See, so there you go. So, um, so Chris was in the golf industry. I was in the golf industry. And, um, and then what what did you do after you left the golf industry? Got into the industry that I'm still in. Uh, became a personal training director. Uh, yes, with I should know that. Yeah, so I actually, what most people don't really know is, I'm going to date myself a little bit. I had my <laughs> first PT certification back in like 98, 99. Okay. And so then moved to Richmond in 01 and did that for a little bit. And then, you know, did the golf thing, turned pro, did the golf thing for 10 years, give or take. Um, but knew that whatever I did outside of golf, when it was time to, to get away, um, had to be athletic. It had to be sport oriented. It had to be competitive or it wasn't going to hold my attention. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, got in, got back into the personal training side and I've been doing that uh, ever since. Yeah, and you know, um, we're going to talk about this a little bit, but through the years, like I would see and hear little things that let me knew, let me know that you were uh, 
pretty heavily entrenched in the wrestling business with your personal training. Yeah. So uh, we're going to get to that in just a second. Uh, but, you know, just to give you an idea, Chris, because I know this is your first time on the roundtable, what we're going to do is go through the week's news and events. So we're going to talk about, as far as WWE is concerned, we're going to talk about Raw, SmackDown, and, of course, WrestleMania. Um, and then we're going to talk about AEW. And then um, talk about some other stuff. So um, before we get into that, um, I do want to... Let's see, I'm trying to get my notes to scroll here. There we go. So um, I do want to talk to you for just a second. So you... Um, you have UEW now. Right. That's obviously where you're at now. Back in the day, you were you were doing a lot of personal training. And um, did you own a gym or were you part owner in a gym? Or did I understand that wrong? No, may have understood that wrong. No, I've, since I've gotten back into it, it was always with gold. Within the same franchise, you know, the one out in Mechanicsville, Laburnum, you know, down around, down in Willow Lawn is where I'm at now. Okay. Um, but no, uh been there since leaving the golf industry. Oh, okay. All right. So um one of the, I, I alluded to this earlier, but one of the things that I would hear and see is, is how you were connecting with wrestlers uh through your personal training. And I'll never forget the the image that was just jaw dropping and emblazoned into my brain from I don't even know how long ago it was probably like five years ago or so um but I believe you were training the new day yeah they actually popped in it was what was that it was four years ago out in Mechanicsville and it was on a Saturday they had a house show WWE had a house show in town that night yeah and um you know we were getting ready to pack it in for the day because me and my buddy Jason, who was in that picture with uh, with all of us, uh, we're going to the show that night. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, come on, dude. Let's get out of here. It's time to go. We got a show to get ready for. It was like, what time uh, was this, roughly? Huh? What time was this, roughly? Around 1 o'clock, give or take. Okay. On so a you were Saturday. thinking, go home, get cleaned up, get something to eat, and then Head go. downtown. Okay. Yeah. So I stood up from my desk, and I looked out the window, and I saw this white, clearly a rental car pull up with these three guys in it. Yeah. And so I looked, because it was a real slow day. There was nothing going on. And then all of a sudden, you know, Kofi, Xavier, and Big E all pop out. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hey, hey. And I start smacking my buddy. I'm like, I was like, New Day just got here. And so we end up having this entire conversation. You know, they go to the locker room. They get clothes. They get changed. We all end up over in the weight room together. And I tell this story, because this was the day, I think, that I figured out that Big E Langston, is the one of the strongest human beings I've ever seen in my life. He, he definitely looks the part. Oh well, wait till you hear this. He goes. He gets, he's on a cell phone just about the whole time. Um, he goes to the flat bench, an incline bench, and a decline bench, and he puts three fifteen on all three. Uh huh. So he talks on his phone, and whoever's talking to, him, he says, "All right, hang on one second. And he reps out like twenty on the flat. So he stands <laughs> up and gets back on the phone like nothing ever happened. <laughs> he As doesn't. He's, talking, he's holding his phone. Yeah. So as he's talking, he makes his way over to the incline. Yeah. He's like, all right, hang on. I got to get another set. So he does 315 there, and then it continued. He just went in this circle for probably, I don't know, 
six or seven rounds. It could have been more. Could have been a couple less. Of twenty but reps. I don't. I don't think he ever broke a sweat. And so you know, we're all kind of leaving him alone doing his thing. We're over with Kofi and Xavier. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are they doing? Kofi was doing just some light dumbbell work for his chest. You know, Kofi's always had kind of a chest. And so he was doing some dumbbell work. And, and Xavier was over on a uh, Smith machine working on some, some legs. Okay. And, uh, but uh, Big E comes walking by. We're like, hey, man, you need a spot? And he's like, I think I got it. I can handle it. <laughs> I mean, it was the craziest thing. I mean, it's 3.15 on. And I'm talking, when I say he's repping it out, I'm talking like 20 reps every single time. So just like you or I would do with 135 pounds, he's doing this with 315. And I, I swear to this day, I still don't know if he ever broke a sweat. So he did 20 reps every stop. And yeah. he did three stops. That's 60 each lap, each, mm-hmm. each uh, cycle. Yep. So, so he probably did like 400 plus reps. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. Oh, it my God. Cra- I mean, it was it was crazy. You know, I've had a chance, you know, if we're talking WWE guys, you know, I've, I've worked out with The Miz. Yeah? How was that? Uh, this was probably in his uh-huh. – you remember where Miz had kind of a downturn? He just didn't really look very fit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stories weren't really going anywhere, and he wasn't doing a whole lot. Yeah. Well, he came into the gym with – actually, he actually came in with Justin Roberts. The okay. And, you know, we ended up working out together, and it just – it was very underwhelming workout. Really? But since, yeah. Back – I mean, again, this is eh, roughly the same time frame, honestly. Yeah. Roughly same time period. Um, yeah, he just did – it was kind of like an eh kind of workout. But the, the one that really – I don't want to say was weird for me, but wasn't the workout I thought – I was going to get it was more very very much so flexibility you know maintenance stretching was eric rowan oh wow yeah right see yeah so if you if you go to my personal facebook page there's a picture of us after that workout together mm-hmm. and it was very much so I, I i don't recall picking up any weight it was all body weight type stuff it was a lot a lot of stretching um and then, like I said, he's probably one of the nicest guys that I've had the chance to do that with. Really? Yeah. New Day was awesome, but he was just genuinely, genuinely a nice guy. So what do you think? Do you think they just Googled, like, Jim in the area? Or, like, how did they – How did, was it just luck that they walked in? Or did they find out about there was good trainers at, at your gym? Or No, WWE, I don't know if they still do, but for a lot of years, because there's so many – gyms and things around now a lot of years they had a deal with gold's gym to where Uh, when they were in any area whatever gold's gyms are there you know they get to use it on the house you know kind of thing hey that works yeah because i can remember stories you know the the gold's gym on broad street over where the p king and the theater are Mm -hmm. um that's not part of our franchise but that used to be the one that kane would go to every time he was here I would pay money to see Kane. I was like, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, yes, I am still a fan. Um, And, you know, I still love to run into these guys. I I like running into the guys when it's just kind of a spontaneous type thing. Yeah. Because they're relaxed. They're kind of in their, you know, their personal zone there. And it's cool to just be able to sit and talk with a lot of these guys. 
Okay. Well, um, was there any, you know, before we transition to something else, was there any um, experience that you had working with these wrestlers, whether it was WWE or any of the other promotions that might have come through, um, where, like, you might have taught them something or given them some feedback that ended up really um, enlightening them? I would, I would honestly say, you know, the, the day with Rowan sticks out most in my mind because we were together for a while. You know, just, you know, just really more about flexibility and stretch because he's a, he, he is, TV doesn't do it justice. This man is huge. And like I said, I'm not a little guy. I'm 6'2", 245 yeah. pounds. Yeah. But if you look, like I said, if you look at that picture of us standing next to each other, I don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I think he's like, what is he, like 6'8", six, 6'9"? Six, yeah, he's like 6'8", and I think, I think back then he was going around 330. Ooh. Yeah. And he's not. As a joke, as a joke though, um, what was cool was who he was traveling with. I didn't see this guy lift anything. It was Heath, Heath Slater. <laughs> it was the night, if you remember, it was the night or the day after either a Raw or a pay-per-view. I don't remember specifically what. Do you remember when he got his face busted up and right across his nose? So there's a picture of me and Heath Slater, and he's got this huge hole in the top of his nose. But mm. yeah, he was there. He was there. I don't recall. I don't recall seeing him actually do anything. Well, I would imagine. I mean, who knows? Maybe he broke his nose, or uh, or yeah, or I don't know. Stitches um, or something. Maybe he just didn't want to. No, no, there were no stitches. I mean, it was a shot. Like I said, I just don't remember what show it was after. And again, this is probably. 2016-ish, 17, give or take. But I, I thought it was cool that of all the people he's riding with, he's riding with Rowan. Yeah, that, that is, yeah. Uh, that's really interesting. I'll say that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's been a ton of those guys that come in and out. And, and some, you can just tell, want to come in, do whatever they got to do, and go. Yes. Yeah, I remember Del Rio came in, and he was not personable at all. I've heard that before. Yeah, no, he, he he was not, and I'm not trying to bash the guy. I'm, he he really just wanted to come in, do his thing, and get out. Like I, I watched him walk in. And then do his thing and leave. And then yeah. RVD showed up with a mullet and jorts and a tie-dye shirt. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, RVD. That's, uh, that's a great look. It was. Well, you know, but safe to say, out in mechanic was this out in Mechanicsville? No, this was actually the, the RVD one was in Laburnum. Oh, okay. Well, it's still the East End. Um, Not far from the airport, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few mullets running around there still to this day. So I'm sure. Well, and mullets making a comeback, man. <laughs> well, Tiger King is really helping that. So um, I don't know if you've seen that. I'm unfortunate. I'm going down that rabbit hole right now. Well, um, so Chris, let's let's kind of transition here just for a second. Um, so um, we talked a little bit about our history, you know. And we talked about your background in golf and physical therapy. I mean, physical training. And um, um, let's talk more about what it's like with a promotion. Like, 
I know you didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to start a promotion. Tell me about, no. about this process, this journey. I mean, it, it, it's been something, you know, wrestling and being in the wrestling business has been something that I think if you are a young wrestling fan from the time you're a kid on up, these are things that you dream about doing. These are things that you believe in, you know, um, and it doesn't matter what aspect of, of the business it is that you get into podcasting. It could be, you know, owning a promotion. It could, it could even be getting in the ring. Yeah. Um, so, you know, during the end of the golf stretch that we talked about in 2011, I actually got in the ring and was oh, training. Right. Yeah, I was actually training through GXW, which was a local promotion here in Richmond. Okay. And, uh, you know, um, if you remember the golf industry back then, times were tight. Things weren't necessarily great financially. And so, you know, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit. I, I felt like what I was learning and what I was doing in the ring, I had a chance to be pretty good. And, uh, but, you know, at that time, being a single dad with two young kids, I had to make a decision and to really buckle down uh, and focus on the golf career or, you know, forego putting food on the table and figure <laughs> it out. Yeah. So I, you know, I felt like, uh, and I always felt this way. I felt like I had to leave something that I loved that I potentially could have been really good at before I ever had a chance to show people if I was any good. And so, you know, Year, almost a, almost a year ago, um, so, you know, uh, some friends and I launched our podcast. We launched the Through the Curtain podcast. And what we would do is we were traveling to indie shows, local indie shows. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, anywhere from North Carolina to Delaware to West Virginia to Virginia. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so if we saw a show that we wanted to go to, you know, and, and we were able to set up with those shows we were actually going on our podcast live during their show oh wow and so when when we did the you know we were able to to talk with a lot of men and women uh who are and really learn what they were all about learn how they like to work learn what they their their do's and their don'ts are mm -hmm. and time to launch UEW, I was able to really have an idea of who I kind of wanted to work with and who I wanted to build my company around. Okay. Um, you know, and so a lot of our, our core group for you are, are those guys. Um, so. Hey, Chris. Chris. Hey, I think we should do this. Hey, hey, Chris, hang on one second, man. Uh, we might have to backtrack a little bit because the, the video is like freezing up on your end. Is it is it freezing up on my end? Yeah, you're freezing up right now. Yeah. Um, okay, let's... Uh, now. All right, go ahead and, and just kind of go back and tell some of that story again. Um, just podcast? Yeah, just, just go back okay, like... Yeah. Man, 
and and catch us up. Yeah, well, basically, you know, what, what we did with the podcast was travel to indie promotions from Carolina to Delaware, West Virginia, Virginia. And through the podcast, what we were able to do were meet a lot of independent wrestlers. why they do it, what they do like, what they don't like. And so through that, when it came time to, to, which honestly, this is funny the way you said it probably just didn't pop up overnight, really was a conversation during a pandemic. Um, really pushing me and saying, you know what, do it, just do it. And so then it was come up with a name. And then it was come up with a name. What what did we want the name to be? And so I came up with United Elite Wrestling because ultimately what our goal is to do is to unite the elite of independent wrestling under one umbrella. So that's how we got the name, and that's what the name came from. And, and that's why we have it. And that's... Uh, we launched everything on social media on May 23rd um, and built toward our first show, which was Got Your Six here in Richmond, Virginia on November 9th. And uh, what was really cool about that was we sold it out. Awesome. So, yeah, so that was cool. So then the ball just kind of kept rolling, you know. I like to know what I like story, and I think that's a lost art in a lot of lot of independent promotion. And it really just all depends on what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like storylines. I like being able to story. So you know, we run shows every couple months. We're not an every month promotion, right? But that gives us time for some build up, for some build up, for some build up, and then by the time the show gets here, everybody knows what's going on. Everybody's excited to see it because we in Really, less than a year still. We've built a really great fan base. You know, I can't say enough about the fan base that we got, the support that we get from these people. Um, you know, our our performers are amazing, and so far, you know, they they've absolutely killed it, and I couldn't ask for more. the The show on February was another sellout, but it was a Huge standing room only sellout. Awesome. So, so, like I said, you know, my goal is to just keep doing what we're doing. Um, obviously, it, it sucks that we've had to cancel the April 25th show now. But I think with everything going on, I think we all saw that. So, our next show is going to be on July. The video cut out, I mean, the audio cut out there. What's the date of your next show? July 11th. July 11th. Okay, great. Yep. Well, and it, and it will be here in Richmond to be in the same place. Okay, well, um, I'm going to guarantee that we will be um, hyping up your show here on the, the Refs Roundtable and, and getting as many people uh, to fill up those seats as we can. Uh, I'm going to be there, you know, as long as, as long as I'm in town, I will be there. It's going to be, we already have that show booked, and there's going to be some some surprises that night that, uh, you know, we're trying to hold true to the reason I, I, I said what our name is. We're trying to bring in the elite. 
you know, we've got a great core group of people. You know, we've got Sledge Gibson, you know, Kevin Mears, Damian Wayne, who's our champion. Kevin Mears is our continental champion. Um, we just, in February, crowned our first women's champion in Jordan Blade. And then, you know, Simply Safish out of the Virginia Beach area are our tag team champions. So, you know, we've got oh, okay. a great core. And then in July, there's going to be some, some new stuff coming in. Awesome. Well, um, I know if you're involved in it, it's it's going to do uh, things that people wouldn't necessarily expect, and it's going to be top-notch. So, I appreciate um, that. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, one of the things is, you know, I um, – there's a lot – like, we've known each other forever, and, and when, when we were first meeting each other in the, in the, uh, in the throes of being assistant golf professionals, um, you know, you meet a lot of – people in the golf industry and um you know i always knew that if i ran into chris keith i could count on you and uh you know I, i'd always get a laugh and uh always get a straight shot so um, I, I really i thank you man that's awesome yeah and and you know i uh i was i always look forward to running into you but uh i i'm very much looking for i was actually supposed to go to the show that was back in february and I had uh, I had work out of town, so I had to uh, I had to miss it. But I am um, very much looking forward to the return of UEW with your next event, and uh, I, I just can't can't wait. So um, now you kind of touched on this a little bit, like what it's like being a young fan who you know maybe dreams about being a wrestler or owning a promotion or. Uh, being a commentator or having a podcast or like there's a lot of different ways you can be involved in wrestling. Sure. All right. But I want to go back even a step further. Like what, what was, what was the thing? What were the earliest memories of wrestling? What are, what are oh, wow. the things that like brought you and got you hooked on wrestling to the point where you said, I'm going to make my life out of this. Man. Um, honestly, memories are probably before I was one year old. Uh, you know, my mom did a lot of work out of town when I was born and my, my dad did construction. So the family, uh, the Robinsons, who were my best and they had eight kids in that family, uh, all older than me. Uh, you know, I can remember Just your Jimmy Snookers, your Rock and Roll Express, um, you know, even Bruiser. Um, but it goes back to those guys. We would build makeshift rings with, I don't even remember what we, the, you know, the ropes were, were ropes. And the turnbuckles that we would make were pillowcases stuffed with socks. And, <laughs> and so... so perform our own matches. Now, keep in mind, all the kids that were doing this with me were significantly older than me. I was young. Um, so when I was five, six years old, they're out, I, I was the test dummy, you know. So I'm <laughs> taking suplex bumps. I'm taking, you know, bombs. And, you know, back then, you didn't have power bombs and you didn't have all yeah. this, this other stuff. So it was just your basic stuff. But, you know, we, we would... remember <clears throat> being thrown to the ropes but you couldn't actually 
to run up to the rope, touch the rope, and then yeah. run back. Because if you actually hit the rope, the whole thing would fall. <laughs> so wrestling has before I can. Yeah, if I'm being completely honest about it. Um, Chris, we're having some more audio issues with it just lagging up. Um, um, let's just try and keep going. But uh, are you on Wi-Fi by chance? No. Do you have Wi-Fi that you could hook up yeah. to? Sir. Oh, yeah, no worries. See if that helps. Where are you? Here's me. There we go. Okay. All right. Let's give this a whirl. Let's let's go back. Just tell that story again about uh, making the ring and and having the matches as a kid. Yeah. No. We would make, like I said, we would make makeshift rings out of. Again, I couldn't tell you what the poles were, but it was four poles with just string. It, I don't even think that the ropes were thick enough to be called rope. It was more like shredded string that we would hang up, and then we would make our turnbuckles out of pillowcases stuffed with socks. And awesome. so, so, you know, when we're out there, we're running ropes, but you couldn't actually run the ropes because <laughs> if you actually hit the rope, the whole thing is coming down, and it screws the whole day up. So, you know, these, you know, the people that really ingrained wrestling into me um, had me out there and I'm taking suplexes and body slams and all these things. And I'm probably five, six years old when it started happening. And so, wow. uh, again, like I said earlier, it's wrestling has been in my blood since before I can honestly remember it. And wow. like I said, that really is all due to the Robinson family. I mean, hey, credit to them. Um, that's that's awesome that they they. Uh, did you say they had eight kids? Yeah, they had five five boys and three girls. Oh my god, were any of the girls involved in the wrestling matches? No, no, they didn't really get into it. But but all I think four out of the five boys had me out there, and we were all just going. <laughs> you know, and it was pretty cool because that continued all the way through my high school years. We would just randomly throw up a ring in the yard and have a match. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it was so cool. I miss doing that, for sure. Probably not the safest thing in the world, so don't do this at home. <laughs> but, but but having done that for all those years, I, I, I would love to do that just one more time. Yeah, as Chris said, you know, don't, don't try this at home. But if you do, make sure there's a video camera because we want to see it. <laughs> and make sure you send that in. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so... 
Um, so you, you talked a little bit about um, you know setting up the ring and wrestling with your with the with the kids, and um, you, I think you mentioned uh, Bruiser Brody, Jimmy Snuka, and Rock and Roll Express. Some of your favorites growing up. I could I could sit here and go on and on and on and on, but you know, just when it became more mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, I. My guy, honestly, when I was six, seven, eight years old, was Hulk Hogan, man. Oh, yeah. That was, you know, because, you know, 1984, I was seven years old. Me too. And that's when Hulkamania took oh. hold of everything and just went wild. Um, <laughs> yes. What you gonna do, brother? <laughs> I love it. Hulk Hogan made an appearance on my show. <laughs> Hey, only the best for you, man. But I, you know, if we're talking memories, you know, my mom and dad took me uh, to Viking Hall down in Tennessee to see WWF back then. And, you know, I can't remember everybody that was on that show because it was just blowing my mind. That was the first time I had seen a big show. High school shows, a lot of high school shows. And that's back when, like, NWA would come to town. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and... AKA Jonitis, back when oh. he had the when he had the spiky blonde hair and the weird mustache thing going on. So you know, it was a big. It was always with Jim Cornette. Yeah, he he would come to my high school a lot, so I'd seen all of that stuff. I'd seen all that. So mom and dad took me to Viking Hall, and this just happened to be the rookie year of one Ultimate Warrior. Oh, uh, so got to see him his rookie year. I don't even think he had changed his name to Ultimate. I think he was still a warrior at that point. Okay. But I remember he had on he had the green, the white, and the blue face paint trunks and tassels. And my God, man, I wanted to be that guy. And then, then lo and behold, the main event came out, and it was Hope versus Savage with Miss Elizabeth. Back literally in the heyday. Like, this is the heyday. Oh, And, I mean, just absolutely lost my mind. Yeah. So that's like, that's, that is the show that I ever saw. And I got to see those guys. Wow. But it's one of those things where you're like, damn, I need to get, this is what I want to do. Somehow, some way, at some point in my life. You know, this is. Uh, I grew up in Marion, Virginia, which is a tiny, tiny little town, and there's not oh, a whole yeah. lot, right? But uh, got introduced to a couple guys who I don't remember the promotion. I don't even. I remember one's name was Scott. Okay. Uh, these two guys had a tag team, but they were training guys, and I sat down, met with them at a Pizza Hut. Again, I was probably 18, 19 years old. Yeah. You know, business, conducting some business at a local pizza hut. Yeah, what what could go wrong? (laughs) And so I remember it being so awful. I wanted to do this so bad, but they were so awful at what they were telling me. I was like, you know what? No, I can't do it. Yeah. can't do it. And so. Were they trying to pitch you on them training you? Well, that was the whole point of the meeting was for them to train me, but they immediately started talking like gimmicks and doing this and doing that and doing that. And I'm like, 
I, hey, you know, I've never, never done this at this point. I've never been in an actual ring other than string, socks, and grass. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I was like, yeah, It sounds like these know. guys might have been operating out of a string, socks, and grass ring. Very possible. Very possible. But I can remember that was the last time I ever saw those guys. Okay. So that, that it was just, it, it would have been absolutely terrible had I done that. So there's a lot of guys out there that will dupe you for some, just try to get your money. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly what that was all about. I think they were going to charge me like two or 300 bucks a month, which at that point I didn't have that. Woo! Yeah. And I was probably going to get out there and get killed or yeah. hurt very badly. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that didn't go down that time. I didn't, didn't, didn't go with it. And so it wasn't again until many years later that I actually was able to connect with it and get where I needed to be. Well, we're all glad that you did. And, um, you know, I want to circle back here to something. So we uh, we talked about, you know, obviously UEW is your baby. And you talked about how um, the coronavirus is really um, having an impact on your shows and everything. Yeah. Can you talk about, like, you know, I would imagine, and, and this is, this is a question kind of in the form of a statement in a way, but, um, you know, I would imagine there's a lot of indie promotions out there that are, I mean, beyond struggling, but like on either on life support or one foot in the grave right now. Like how, how bad is it that all these events across the country are getting canceled or postponed? You know, honestly, I, I don't know how bad it is from that type of financial standpoint mm -hmm. because you know as a promoter you're largely just saving money now because you're not paying venue fees you're not paying a payroll doing things like that i wish nothing more than that's exactly what we were doing come april 25th yeah I would, to get this thing back up and running i would 100 percent gladly do it but from that standpoint, from the company standpoint, you're not making money, but you're not losing money. But like your um, advertising and stuff that you put into promoting the events. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people do it a different way, do it different ways, where we are dominantly on social media. Oh, okay. Uh, we're dominantly on so social media. So what I have found through this year, almost a year of doing it, is Facebook typically is where you find your fans. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram hasn't really done much for us, mm -hmm. uh, but where you find the talent and the performers is on Twitter. Oh, so, okay. So it's been pretty cool to learn that dynamic and see, you know, what was what. Um, but largely, you know, Facebook has been our absolute biggest vehicle to this point. Okay. Um, you know, uh, so especially right now, we're going to have to just really bust it out on social media. Okay. You know, I don't think anybody, I honestly don't think if anybody was advertising, mm -hmm. paying, I think if anybody was actually paying advertising dollars mm -hmm. right now, I, I would see that as absolutely pointless. Okay. Because I mean, and nobody can get out to see it. 
Yeah. Well, that, but um, I guess the other, the way I was thinking about this and, and, you know, you're, you're the one that's doing this. So you're the expert and I'm learning a lot. So um, the other way I was thinking about this was like some of the performers that, you know, they probably have jobs outside of wrestling mm -hmm. and then now they can't work or it's, um or it's, it's they, those guys who are hurting through this the most yeah it, it, it is it's the performers who are hurting the most because yeah you're right everyone that i personally know has another job you mm -hmm. know they have a day job so to speak yeah. um but right now you know they may or may not be working that day job either yeah. Yeah. And and the money that these people invest in themselves, T shirts, stickers, buttons, you know, eight by ten glossy photos to for autographs, whatever it may be. I mean, these they yeah. They put you know, they dump a lot of money into this stuff. Yeah. And so now they can't get anywhere to recoup it. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it that sucks. That sucks, you know, just because there's nothing like me or any other promoter, any other you know, company, there's nothing we can do about it right now. Yeah. Well, a couple of things that I, I wanted to talk about. Last week when I had Levi on the show, um, Levi McDaniel is an indie performer out in Iowa, and um, he, was, he was talking to me about, or we were talking together, and... He was he was basically um, saying that you know like right now all these performers are are, are not working, which makes obvious sense. But um, one of the one of the questions that I posed to him that I'll pose to you is: Is it hard getting the events rescheduled right now? Like, are you tentatively booked, or are you like I would imagine the competition for dates at certain venues gets pretty. Well, for me, again, I'm a planner. Um, I've got the venue booked for the whole year. I've got every oh, date. Okay. Yeah, I've got every date that I already had planned already booked with the venue. So you're just shifting your storyline. Yeah. Basically just shifting it out. Okay. Yeah. So for us, it's going to be an easier transition because we don't have to go find a new venue that was already yeah. booked on that day. I've had these. I've had this booked since probably February. Oh, okay. For you know, we you know we've got we had the April show, then we were July, then we're September, then we're November, and then we're going to do a charity show in December. But like I said, for all of that, I already have the venue booked, mm -hmm. so I don't have to worry about that. You know, if right. you can see, and here I've got my big whiteboard that I'm scribbling, um, you know, ideas on, and I've still got my my April matches that are up on there right now. So, it what it really it didn't mess up, but like you said, I've got to shift some things from April to July, and it gave me a, a chance. It's just kind of it's kind of like you know when you're at a restaurant and they give you the menu, and you have way too long to look at it. <laughs> you start second guessing. Change your mind about a hundred times. Um, it gave me a chance to to change some things mm -hmm. that we were going to do in April that are actually going to be better for it. Awesome. Yeah, so, you know, I'm in my think tank right now. Well, good, good. Well, don't hurt yourself. I mean, uh, we need you. We need it may you. happen. <laughs> well, um, so uh, one of the things Levi 
talked about was he's spending a lot of this time right now just working out, trying to get his body healthy and, and get it ready for the return of wrestling. And I'm sure a lot of your guys are doing that too, guys and girls. Um, but one of the questions that just popped into my head when we were talking last week was, do you think that there will be some sort of outlaw promotions like bootleg under the table in the middle of a field somewhere in, in like tap a hand, like beyond <laughs> the beaten path? Like, do you, do you see the possibility of like a speakeasy wrestling event somewhere, some, you know, dur during these times of uh, quarantine? I would not doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, if you if you look at the quarantine situation and the amount of people who have largely disregarded this entire thing anyway, then sure. I think somewhere along the line, it's probably already happened somewhere. Um, I can see that being a very possible scenario. Um, kind of one of those take your life into your own hands kind of things, but yeah. swim, swim at your own risk. Um I don't know that you would see any around Virginia or around here. Well, you know, well that's where you're wrong, Chris Keith, because Mad Mike's uh, Night of Wrestling is coming next Thursday. And uh, everybody that buys a ticket, it's $20 to get in at the door. Everybody that buys a ticket gets a mask. And you come in. Uh, we will be Lysol wiping the ring. And um, everybody will have a good time. So come on out. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, th I think I'm doing my hair that night. Okay. I think I'm busy. I gotta gotta trim the beard up or something. I got something going okay. on. Okay. Uh, okay. Maybe next time. But uh, you know the um, th this whole thing is is so it's having an impact obviously on a lot of really important and um, uh, I, I don't I don't know how to say it, but it's like wrestling is important, right? but it's not life or death. It's impacting everything in the world. And, uh, you know, I just hope that, I hope that uh, things get a little bit more back to normal now. Do you think you would ever consider doing a, uh, something that a lot of musicians are doing where maybe you videotape a match and just put it out on the internet or have like a Facebook live match with two got two people or something like that, just to hold people over. Yeah, I mean, we could do that. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to anything like that. But, you know, with social distancing, I don't know how much, you know, body slamming a guy or grabbing a guy for a belly to belly with your face to face pretty much. Uh, not, not sure how safe that is. But what we've started doing, and we're set to release another one tomorrow, is we're releasing all of our matches one at a time. Oh, wow. On our Facebook page, on the United Elite Wrestling Facebook page. So if you go there... Now you can watch the main event from Boiling Point, which oh. was which was Damian Wayne. It was Rock Richards versus Sledge Gibson for Damian Wayne's UEW Heavyweight Championship. Awesome! So that's actually out there to be seen right now. As soon as we hang up, I'm going to check it out. Good deal, man. I expect you to tell me what you think. Oh, you better believe it. Um, all right, so let's let's kind of transition here. We talked about what it's like in the indie world. UEW. Um, I mean, we're talking more about this over the weeks to come, but um, I'm really excited to see what happens for for your promotion and and everybody that's involved with it. So, um, that being said, why don't we transition over to uh, 
some of the the other federations out there like WWE. Oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just the largest company in the world for yeah. wrestling. You know. And then you know, some guy made a couple good moves once upon a time. And they turned out to be really good ideas. And then, and you know what? I heard that the first business meetings that that they had were at a Pizza Hut. Believe it or not. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I don't believe that at all. With a big pitcher of beer, too, right? Probably. Uh huh. Well, um, Chris, let's talk about WWE. Did you get a chance to watch Raw last week? Yeah. Or this. this- Probably the, the last week and a half is the least amount of, of, you know, WWE wrestling that I've watched at all. I've just, you know, can't get my head wrapped around it. But what, here's one thing. I mean, you see it all the time on social media. Yeah, they're doing empty arena shows at the Performance Center. I get it. I mean, AEW's doing it because they have to do it. Yeah. What, what drives me absolutely nuts are the amount of people who absolutely ripped these guys apart for what they think is not necessarily a good show. Mm -hmm. You know, the way I think we need to look at it is they're still making every effort, whether it be money motivated or whatever on their end, they're still making every effort to have programming on Monday nights, Wednesday nights, Friday nights, and they're still making an incredible effort for WrestleMania. Now, yeah. am I as excited for WrestleMania this year as normal? No. But am I going to watch it? Absolutely. I'm going to be right in front of the TV. You know, Chris, you, you brought up some really good points. And, um, you know, as far as the, the programming is concerned, as some conversations that I've had, you know, obviously WWE – they, they've kind of shot themselves, they painted themselves in a corner, so to speak. They, uh, they have seven hours or so to yeah. fill up every freaking week. And then you throw in pay-per-views on top of that and the backstage and the other WWE Network programming. Like, it's immense, the workload that is, is required every week. Right. Right. Um, the, uh, the issues that, that they're dealing with, I mean... You know, it's, I personally, like, I'm kind of like you. Like, the last couple weeks have been hard to watch WWE programming. And part of it is, okay, they're trying to fill up all this time, so they're showing old matches. Which, I mean, it's okay, but they're showing matches that are 30 minutes long. 45, I mean, it's like, come on, there's got to be somebody in the back who can do something as opposed to just showing... Cena versus, uh, I, I don't know who, or I saw Triple H and, um, so I don't even know now. Like, they're well, just showing well, all these just a week or so ago that they showed the entire Royal Rumble all over again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, I think that night it took up an hour and a half counting commercials, it took up the first hour and a half or maybe even more. Yeah, and you know, I, again, I, I don't mind sitting and watching old matches. Um, Maybe pull something from a little deeper in the network. Don't show us the Royal Rumble that just happened. Yeah. I, but, you know, at the same time, I go back to what I said. 
at least they're making the effort. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that because there's, there's a lot of folks out there in all walks of life that are, are focusing on the negatives and not, not as much on the positives. So good for you for, for reminding us that we should be thankful for um, them doing what they are doing. Uh, you know, in, you know, I know this is going to come as a shock to you, Chris, but in the wrestling world, there are these people out there that they, they make their opinions known, okay? And these fans out there. I'll, and, keep, I'll, uh, I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, I mean, it, if, you, if you look really hard, you could probably dig a couple up. And, you know, from what I'm understanding, they're not very happy with what's going on. And it's... Uh, it's one of these things, like, on the one hand, WWE has so much programming to fill, and we're going to talk about AEW in a minute, but with only a couple of hours to fill, they are definitely in the driver's seat in this whole wrestling on TV game right now. Yeah. I mean, just maybe from a, like, like you were saying, maybe more from a content standpoint, yeah. I mean, they get to focus on quality more than quantity right now. Yeah, but I mean, and I was I was saying this long before this all ever happened about AEW. Honestly, like their shows since they've gone to empty arena shows has actually gotten better. You know, I think there were when when AEW first came on TNT, not mm. so much their pay per views, not so okay. much their pay per views. Those were on point. But I felt like when they came on TNT weekly, I felt like a lot of the, the performers were just trying way, way too hard. Okay. And, and you could go back through just about any match and find some really, really big botches. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really, and it's not from a talent standpoint, all those guys and, and women are talented, but, you know, there were... Every week I would watch, and something big would get screwed up in at least three matches. Well, uh, you know, it's funny. When we talk about AEW in a few minutes, we'll talk about this. But, like, I saw a big botch this week in AEW. And, um, you know, I think it's the, the flip of what you're saying. Without the crowd there to pan to in the event that something does go wrong, it's all out there. Like, they're all, all they're showing is the ring. And yeah. so if they, it's magnified if anything goes wrong. Well, and I think that's one thing that WWE did better. This, and like I said, I might have had it on briefly. Um, but when they first started doing their Performance Center shows, mm -hmm. they would they openly would show all the empty seats and all these things, and they were showing too much of the arena. I think. Absolutely. And so now that they've kind of drawn it into the ring, yeah. Okay. All right. I can get on board with that. I like that better. Absolutely. Like they, they, it was abysmal watching that whole, you know, seeing 50 rows of, of empty seats or 30 yeah. rows of empty seats. Like you it know, was that, that first SmackDown where Triple H did the commentary. That mm -hmm. was funny. That was really good. But what I don't want to see is all of these open, empty seats. Yeah. Give you know? us the illusion. It, it takes it was taking away from it for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think dialing it in and only showing the ring, and you know what, they got that from AEW because that first empty house show 
that AEW did, you know, that I think I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but it looked like that was on top of the football stadium in Jacksonville. Oh, I don't know. It, it's what it looked like. Um, Insider information, possibly, from Chris Keith. This I, it's just from what I saw. So anybody else could have seen it. Nothing that I know, but that's what it looked like. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, them focusing with the dark, you know, seats, and it was pretty cool. You know, they had MJF out there. Yeah. You know, they were gambling a little bit. That was funny. That was funny. And you know what it did? It gave a little bit of crowd noise. Absolutely. And and so this is the interesting thing. So WWE, I think, is trying to react. And they've, they've like you said, they've tightened their focus on just mm-hmm. the ring now pretty much. <clears throat> Excuse me. But... Um, they can't do that now. They can't have heels on one side, faces on the other, and have a crowd because then they'd just be copying AEW. Yeah, and I'm okay with them not having anybody out there. I'm okay with that. Absolutely. Like I said, they definitely, I feel like they they pulled that that camera shot from AEW for sure. Yeah, I I think they did the best... um, the best modification that they could without being a ripoff of what AEW is doing. So, um, you know, so, all right. So WWE raw, it was, uh, they showed, you know, a classic match or two. Um, you know, really, I, I was actually on the phone with Angelo from wrestling with the future podcast through most of the, the night. So I, to be honest, like nothing was really notable. And, um, it was just an episode of Raw that was yeah. a little bit better. I'll say, like, if the week before was like a C or a D, I would give um, I would give this week's episode of Raw probably a C or B minus. Uh, again, they're making the effort, but they uh, I feel like they they could tweak a few more things just to really kind of kind of make it. Um, get hooks in people. Yeah, and maybe they're trying not to because Mania is coming up. Maybe they're may maybe they're trying just not to show all the tricks right now. Well I don't know what they're gonna do for Mania. Well, we know that it's gonna be two nights. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday. I've I've uh just learned this week and it's not a spoiler or anything because it'll be on the card. But uh, they they updated the Goldberg match because um, Roman Reigns is out due to uh, concern over his his compromise. If anybody, he's definitely immunocompromised. Yeah, I would say that's a smart move to to hold him out, uh, whether he asked for it or the doctors did. but so we so we learned. Um, are you aware who who is fighting Goldberg? No, like I said, I had intended to watch Friday, but got sidetracked. So yeah. Um, so the uh, the big news is that that Goldberg is uh, he's gonna lace up the old boots, and um, you know it's it's pretty crazy. Number one, that they would put the strap on Goldberg. Um, it's kind of the WrestleMania. Um, thing to have some big name come back, but still, like, it's still like not sitting it well. Was just it was just weird how it happened. Yeah, uh, and you know, I didn't agree with it. I didn't like it, but at the same time, 
there's there's always a reason. There's always a reason for why why these companies do something. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, um, I'm sorry, I just uh, I blanked for a second here. So uh, the the replacement for um, for Roman Reigns is actually Braun Strowman. So um, could this be Braun Strowman's chance to get the title? I don't I don't know because, uh, like I would have been down for like an Aleister Black. Oh my God. I would have been down for something. Like, I feel like this is, <clears throat> I feel like this is, would have been an opportunity to re really rethink it. And hey, do we all remember the Matt Riddle rivalry with Goldberg? Oh. Media. So I felt like, oh man, I just don't know that I can't get excited about. Bra I like Braun Strowman, but I can't get excited about that. I, you know what? Honestly, I feel like Braun Strowman, and I, from what I heard, from what the ref used to tell me, um, you know, Braun Strowman kind of shot himself in the foot a few times and yeah. and yeah. pissed some people off behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, but I only only for this reason, I would love to see Braun Strowman win. It's because he's there every week, and I'm yeah. tired. The Brock Lesnar's, the Goldbergs, the whoever you want to put it on, that wants to come around once every blue moon. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think you know Booker T said it best one time when when all these and I you know I am on board with the whole part timer thing. I'm with you and what you're saying. Booker T one time said it. Once these guys start putting as many asses in seats as Brock Lesnar does, then he'll go away. I mean that's fair. I, I don't think he needs to go away, but does he need to? Does he need to hold the belt hostage? Is my point. Um, I would go with no. But um, I mean, as a wrestling fan, that's one of the big draws is seeing who is going to be contending for and competing for the title. I agree. And like, how many times <clears throat> do you see Ric Flair on TV? Um, I mean, like he was—he was a champion, and he was on TV every freaking week. Yeah, Sting, all the time, all those guys. Um, even, I mean, even Hogan. Hogan, yeah. Even Hogan, you know, Hogan was pretty well phasing out when it came time for Monday Night Raw. Mm -hmm. you know, that was right around the WCW transition. So yes, you know, he wasn't really around to make that title prominent on television. But he made it prominent in WCW. Absolutely. The NWO. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's one of those things. It'll be really interesting to see how things pan out. Um, you know, hopefully this week's Raw, and I imagine they're still going to do I think they had already recorded Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. So. Think, aren't they doing Mania like Monday, Wednesday, or something like that? No, Mania is Saturday, Sunday. No, I meant they're recording it. Oh, uh, I think they may have recorded it this week. That may be one of those. I can't. I, I had seen the dates at one point. I just don't remember what they are. It's either they recorded it this week or they're recording it, I mean, this past week or this week coming up. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, WWE, not even real big changes um, other than 
what we know about uh, Goldberg and now Braun Strowman at WrestleMania. And um, I believe they've added some matches. I'm going to have the full card before we do our pick and I'll send that out to everybody so that, you know, you can uh, have a chance to, to uh, uh, make, your, make your predictions. But um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes tomorrow night on Raw. Hopefully, hopefully they put together like a super, super smoking show. So that it, it just kind of brings, because like this is the biggest wrestling event of the year, every year. And one of the things that I brought up last week uh, that I'd like to get your thoughts on, you know, all right, there's advertiser money, there's ticket money, there's all kinds of money associated with wrestling events and wrestling on TV. And throw into the fact that Raw is the longest running episodic TV show in television history. And WrestleMania is the biggest wrestling event of the year. Like WWE has a lot of pressure to keep these things going one way or the other. And, um, you know, if we can, if we can just get through mania, I think they will be okay. And Cause like all, all of it's going to, all that pressure is going to go away and then get back to just kind of stay in the course until we're able to get fans back in the arenas and, and, um, have our events as we've become accustomed to seeing. Yeah, I think there was never a good time for this virus to hit and take hold. But from a from a wrestling standpoint, it could not have been worse. Absolutely. Could yeah. not have been worse time. Very well said, sir. Very well said. So, um, all right. Talked about WWE. Let's talk about AEW. Man, I'll tell you what. I was a fan of AEW, but I have become way more of a fan the past few weeks. Yeah. Uh, last week, you know, we had Brody Lee showing up. We had Matt Hardy showing up. We had, um, you know, the much better handling of the empty arenas. Like, as you said, MJF gambling in the uh, crowd. Heels on one side, faces on the other. Um and I got to be honest, the highlight of it for me is Y2J, Chris Jericho. Um, his commentary last week was some of the best I've heard. Well, Jericho, I mean, Jericho's the man. He's one of the greatest to ever do this. Um, and God, you know, and even that might how give many, how many decades he's been able to adapt to, change his style, and stay relevant. I mean, Jer- Jericho is, I think, in ring, out of ring. He's got to be in a top in anybody's top three of all time. Wow, that's, that's what I think. You're looking total package. You yeah, know, if I, you just go straight, it, everything. Yeah, he's got to be in every top three. There's a lot of performers who are good at one thing or two things, but not everything. Yeah, and he's but seen, I think he's good at everything. I'll tell you what, the thing that was. Uh, I, I can't get over this. Him, him saying that Arn Anderson was carrying a Waffle House menu to the ring was <laughs> the funniest thing I had seen on wrestling in a long time. Yeah. Well, and Jericho just being in AEW, he's got free reign to just say what he wants. Oh, yeah. Which makes it cool. You know, the things he says there, he couldn't say on a Monday night or a Friday night. Yeah, I mean. Maybe uh, Friday, but not Monday. Uh, not well, on USA. Mm. Mm. 
Well, I will I will say this. Um, AEW is doing a great job. And the uh, so this past week, we um, we had Brody Lee in his first match. It was kind of a, I mean, it was a decent match, um, but it's just kind of get him in the ring and, and let him do some stuff. Uh, did you, uh, I should ask this. Did you watch AEW this week? I did not. Like I said, this was probably the first week in God knows how long that I didn't really take in any wrestling. Okay. So um, MJF was still around. Uh, they, it seemed like they had a lot less of the wrestlers out at the the ring this time, though. I don't know if they – I don't know what the deal was, but they had, like, a back room where the guys were gambling. And then um, the, the stuff was going on in the ring and, and everything was good. But it, it was weird. Like, I thought that faces and heels separation was really cool. But for whatever reason, I didn't see as much of that this week. Not um, so much this week. Not so much. But um, – did you catch last week how they, you know, like when they are introducing the wrestlers, they come down the, the ramp, they'll put their name across the bottom of the screen. Well, there was a uh, uh, hangman, Adam page. They called him uh, hand sanitizer, hand wash, Adam page. <laughs> like, Oh my Lord. That's funny. That, that is the kind of thing that is going to just win me over every time. Yeah. Little, little, some- little witty. Witty banter and sarcasm. Yeah, and it's it's like something WWE just can't do. Right. Vince would never allow that. So. No, no. Well, and uh, it's not even so much Vince. It's the network. Now, you know, USA has one thing, and I think as we go, when things get back to normal, I think Fox, I think they'll have a lot more wiggle room and a lot more leeway on Fridays than they do on Monday. Because I think Fox wants an edgier kind of more not not attitude era but but just a little edgier if you listen to the way they speak to each other on friday immediately after watching a monday show you you can see it it's different sure. well i you know it's kind of interesting though that the cable network is more tame than the you know major net the the non-cable yeah. network it is kind of interesting that's for sure so um you know we had uh matt hardy come to the ring this week he he did this weird thing where he was like teleporting in the stands to different a lot of weird things yes and i love it um i was very vocal with with uh jeff the ref and and angelo and levi i was really hoping he would retire from in-ring action um just hoping that his his body could just be uh dude he's in better shape now than he has been in a lot of years but still, he did a lot of damage during those yeah. years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I, I was hoping, and maybe this is part of his his ride off into the sunset. Who knows? But, um, you know, he, he, he had a match this week. Um, Cody had a match. Uh, Cody's match was really good. I'm trying to remember who he wrestled. But uh, it was a great match. Um, and then... You know, really the big thing was um, Y2J trying to get Vanguard 1 to come to the uh, the inner circle. And um, it, it was just, it was funny. But um, I don't know, man. Like, I hadn't been watching AEW every week. So I'm kind of getting caught up on some of these storylines that I had gaps in. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what. Oh, by the way. 
Uh, do you know who Penelope Ford is? Yes. Did, did she used to wrestle in Virginia for some of the indies? Did you ever go see her up in like Nova Pro or any of the other uh, promotions? I, I don't think that I ever saw her live. No. Oh, okay. I saw her a couple times up in Northern Virginia, and uh, it's just cool seeing her on AEW. But yeah, uh, that's cool. Um, anyway, you know, we're kind of, you know, um, blabbering a little bit here just to say, let's, uh, let's try and watch Raw and SmackDown this week in AEW and see what we can come up with for, uh, next week. But overall, I still think AEW did a great job. I'd give them an A for the week. Oh, uh, okay. All right. You know, I, if this was a normal week and this that show had been on, I probably would have given them a B. Um, but they they did a lot of good stuff. The uh, I'm trying to remember. I believe it was the Cody Rhodes match, and he was um, he wasn't fighting Darby. He was fighting. Um, gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. But uh, in any case, his, his match there was a big botch in it where. Uh, guy was supposed to come into the corner and and uh, I don't know if he was just supposed to like clothesline him in the corner or do something but he, he almost had to go like this to get oh, the guy to come. come on get over here yeah, yeah. Um, but you know I loved it I thought it was great and we'll just see I'll what happens go back I've got it all recorded I just need to go back and watch it yeah I, I think I think you'll enjoy this week's uh, AEW. I will check that out on your recommendation, sir. Oh man, that's great! I'm glad I could glad I could have a little influence there. Well, yeah. um, all right. So, Chris, we've we've uh, had a nice talk here. One of the traditions we have on on the refs roundtable is we we normally Jeff and I, Jeff the ref, we would talk about a memory because I've known Jeff since I was about seven, eight years old, maybe even before that. And he and I used to reenact matches. Um, back in the day, and uh, we would record our, we would, we had a little tape recorder, and we would tape record each other giving interviews, and um, one of us would be like Ric Flair, and the other one would be Sting, or whoever, it didn't matter, uh, even if they were in different promotions, it didn't matter, um, we were just having a good time, but, uh, so, we, we usually have a memory of our past, and um, so, the memory I'm going to bring to the the discussion right now um and there may not be a whole lot to talk about but it just speaks to jeff and and who he was because when i when i approached you a couple weeks ago about coming on the round table you know I, I was speaking from a place where i assumed that you didn't know who jeff was and i i believe my words were man if you'd only gotten the chance to meet jeff the ref uh Nobody knew more about wrestling than Jeff, and I think you get you would have really enjoyed uh, speaking with him. And he was head of security for VCW, mm. um, a promotion that I know you're familiar with. Um, but as you let me know, you did know Jeff because everybody knew Jeff. Right, right. So um, you know, I you know, you said you 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 didn't really have too much interaction with him, but. Um, you know, if you want to say anything, that's cool. If not, that's fine too. But uh, what what are your? I mean, do you have any uh, memories of Jeff when you talked with him? Yeah, I mean, I guess I really don't have a lot like a lot of people do. But you know, I've gone to you know 
especially over the last year plus, a lot of VCW shows. And so what I can say about Jeff would be that every time I saw him, you could tell he was loving what he was doing. Uh, you could tell he just loved being in the arena, wherever they were. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said, you know, my conversations were more of the, hey, how's it going? Ready for the show? Absolutely. Okay, man, I'll see you later. Um, but he was always personable. He was always nice. But like I said, you could just always tell that he was 100% invested in all about what he was there to do. Well, let me tell you something, Chris. Uh, Jeff, he he um, he had some health issues that he wouldn't a lot of times be able to go out and do a lot. Okay, but I guarantee you this: if there was a VCU VCW show, or if SmackDown came or Raw came, he was going to be there. It didn't matter how he felt. He was going to be there. And uh, there are so many people that I've met now that were just fans coming to the arena. They they all met Jeff. And uh, they could, just like you, they could tell that he was loving what he was doing. And uh, this, it's what he lived for, really. I mean, it it was the highlight of his week or month when he got to go out there and, and uh, interact with people at the events. And... Um, you know, just just to say that it's insane. Like you could do six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon. I think we can get <laughs> down to five with Jeff the ref. Uh, I think so. You're probably right there. <laughs> well, uh, Chris, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking your time to chat with me today and coming on the refs roundtable. And um, you know, we are on the road to Refamania, okay? That's what we're calling this, the road right. to mania. And as part of that, we're going to be doing a preview show next week. And I would love to invite you on the show to uh, be part of the, the, the festivities, which include going down the card. Everybody picks their, their um, winner of the matches. And right. then we see who comes out on top. I'm 100% in. All right, dude. Well, get ready. Uh, I'm going to – I'm going to – Send out the card so everybody can go ahead. The rules are you have to call your matches and write them down, who you think is going to win. Yeah. And we're going to hold up our picks okay. and read them so that there's no last-minute switching or anything. It's, Sounds it's good to written. me, man. So, um, all right, brother. Well, uh, this has been fascinating. I really appreciate it, and I'll look forward to checking in with you next week. Um do you have anything else you want to do? You have any social media or anything you want to plug? You know, just if, if people want to really follow what we're doing, like I said early on, Facebook is kind of the hotbed for where we're posting everything. So, you know, look up United Elite Wrestling on Facebook and you'll find us. Uh, yeah, we're on Twitter. Don't. It's uh, at United Elite WRE1. Okay. And uh, so those are our two main, main platforms right there, right? Awesome. Well, like I said, I'm after we hang up, I'm going on to Facebook and I'm watching the Sledge Gibson match. Who I've been actually, I've been messaging with him back and forth, and um, so it's really cool to get to meet him a little bit. Yeah. Um, so everybody, please check out UEW. Chris Keith and his guys and gals—they're doing a great job and uh, bringing back wrestling to Richmond, Virginia, which 
you know, I other than like Richmond Lucha Libre, which has been gone for a number of years, I don't know of any other promotions in Richmond. We're working on it, man. We're working on it. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Um, I'm Mad Mike. You can uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, mk333 or High Five Mike RVA, and um, you can see me on TV if you watch PBS. A little TV show called Legacy List with Matt Paxton. It's a show where we go around telling family story through the items we find in their house. So uh, please check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, we're we're hoping to be filming again for season two here real soon. But um, anyway, that's all we've got for this week. We really appreciate everybody's support. And uh, Chris, I can't thank you enough, brother. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, uh, until next week, everybody be safe. Wash your hands. Stay away from people and stay home. All right. See you, Chris. See you, guys.